Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great new inventory. Fabulous selection of pre-owned inventory that will fit your budget. And a great service department all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Well, let's face it. If you had to pick one kicker and your your family's life depended on that kicker making it, I know I'd say, I think I'd go with Justin Tucker and roll the dice on him like the Ravens have for years, including last night. Tucker with a chance to win it from 55 yards. Morgan Cox with the snap. Sam Cook the hold. Tucker's kick is traveling down the middle. It is long enough. It is good! And with two seconds left to play. Gerald Sandusky with the call on the Ravens radio network. He has called many a successful Justin Tucker kick. Was it 91%? Is this right? I mean, I'll tell you, my my family is sitting there and say, look, you have to pick one guy to make a kick and we'll release them. I'm like, I'll take Justin Tucker. Right? I mean, I realize, Matt, you'd take Cody Parkey, but that's just, I'm sorry, I would, I would not go that route. I just wouldn't go that route. Uh, sure. Yeah, it's like, I thought, I thought you loved your family more than that. All right, Glenn uh, McDowell now joins us from the Eagles Radio Network. Hello, Glenn. Great to have you with us back on the show. Yeah, you take him over Jake Elliott, would you now? Yeah, I really would. You know, it's just mm-hmm. something about the fact that Elliot misses. All right, so <laughs> that'd be my reason. Yeah, good one. Uh, all right, so at least we get to talk about something positive. So let's discuss the low-hanging fruit, and that obviously is Jalen Hurts. His first career start, what did you think of his approach and his poise? Uh, poise is a great word because that's what you got. Um, he really surprised me and I think surprised everybody, maybe not his coaches, but I think a little bit in that he was never flustered. Um, you're playing against a very good New Orleans team. Yeah, New Orleans was a little flat, but that's a high-quality defense. And he read the defense. He got rid of the ball quickly. He had zero sacks, and the Eagles had led the league in giving up sacks. Mm-hmm. Um, he checked down. He found open receivers. He ran when he had to and not before he had to. I was really impressed with how the kid handled the game from a mental approach. All right, so now let's take the next part. And this is the part that surprised me. If I had to pick two teams that could handle the style of how Doug wanted to call the game because of how Jalen Hurts played, it would be the Ravens. It would be the Saints because of the Lamar Jackson Taysom Hill factor on each team. You had to practice against it at some point. Were you surprised at the Saints' approach? Yeah, I think that, um, and I don't want to take anything away from Hurts, 
I think the Saints were playing their third consecutive broke game. They have a big division game next week. They had won, what was it, seven in a row. Um, there were people who I work with who said the Saints are ripe for a letdown, and, and they were. And so, again, I don't want to cheapen the Eagles' win because those are few and far between these days, but I do think that it was, it was a real clunker of a game for New Orleans. All right, so that, I want to go to the next part. Aside from Hurts, my observation was I just thought the Eagles played their best all-around game I've seen this season. A, do you agree with that? And if you do, why? Yeah, no question about it. And, and well, I'll get to why in a second. But specifically, the offensive line, which continues to lose guys, it was their 12th offensive line starting combination so far this year in 13 games. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. They're down to second stringers, third stringers, and those guys really held it together. The defensive line has been a strength of the team, but it came up huge against New Orleans. The pass rush was great. Um, so I do think there is that phenomenon that happens when a new guy comes in at quarterback, and I've seen it before in hockey. A new guy comes in at goalie. Uh, the team rises up. Don't necessarily stay that way. You know, I don't want to get carried away and tell you this is what you can see for the rest of the year. But I do think there is something to that. And I think on offense, and listen, I'm a Carson Wentz fan, and hopefully will continue to be one. But I think on offense, those guys were refreshed at having somebody who wasn't going to stand in the pocket, looking around, losing the mental count, and getting sacked. I think it really brought up the energy level of the offense in total. And what do you think that it meant to Hurts that a guy like Miles Sanders stepped up and had the game he did? How much pressure did they take off of Jalen Hurts? Oh yeah, well you gotta. When you have to respect the running game, it always buys your quarterback time. And listen, it was just nice to see Doug Peterson believe in his running game for a change. Um, Miles Sanders is a terrific player, you know that. I mean, you you've seen him, and he has been so underutilized this year. Uh, I think he had 20 carries once all season. That's crazy. I think he can be a top 10 running back in the league. I think he's young. He's strong. He's fast. Give him the ball. And Doug just wasn't going there. Now, Sanders has had some problems this year. He's had the dropsies a lot. Mm -hmm. He's got eight drops this year. The screen game has not been working. But he's been running the ball well. He's averaging over five yards. It was nice to see the coach believe in Miles Sanders. And, of course, that's going to that's gonna help your quarterback. Do you feel like because of the change in quarterback, sometimes you can get into a pattern with a guy – in other words, you get to a pattern with Carson Wentz, that it made Doug rethink the game in some ways, and thus it was became more innovative because they had to rethink it? I think that Doug was out of ideas with Carson. I, I don't know if this is a yes or a no. But this no, that's a, that's, a good, Doug... that's a really good point. That's an excellent point you're making, that sometimes you run out of ideas with a guy, and because of the change, you now have different ideas. Right. And I think he just... He tried a lot of different things with Wentz this year, and they didn't work. Clearly, they didn't work. Some of that's on Wentz, some of it's on Doug, some of it's on the talent, but they didn't. And so now he's got a new quarterback. Doug's a good coach. Doug's not the village idiot. He's having a bad year, but, you know, he won a Super Bowl on merit and made the playoffs twice. He's a creative offensive mind. He was in a slump. And, yeah, I believe getting a new guy in there probably invigorated Doug, and, and he called a very good game. 
What did you think of the defense? Um, you talking about last week, or are you talking about last the rest last of the year? last last week? I'm talking about last. The, week. As I said, the pass rush was great. This kid's sweat has really turned up over the last month or so, and looks like a, a good future player at defensive end, which is good because Brandon Graham's not getting younger, and um, you know it's nice to have somebody in there that 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 you. I, I'm not. I'm not a big believer in Derek Barnett. So if, right. if sweat can be good there, that's good. Um, the defensive tackles were great, uh, and they got you know this kid Singletary is a they, they found him in the CFL and he's a pretty good linebacker. The secondary's a mess now, and yeah. they lost Rodney McLeod for the rest of the year. That's really going to hurt them. Um, and they lost three corners during the game, which. If if New Orleans had a if, let me put it this way, if Drew Brees three years ago was playing quarterback for New Orleans, it would have been a different game. But it was it was great to see the defensive line turn up. I'll say that. What what do you think has allowed Sweat to suddenly take his game to a, a step up the ladder for him? Um, it's a little tough to say because we're not around this year. Yeah, so, I understand. You know, we get, we get these I, I Zoom conversations, oh, and you talk oh, yeah. to somebody, but you can't. You can't be in the locker room. You can't really find out. And you can't talk to people just casually. So what I what I observe from the same view as everybody. I'm not even in the stadium this year, right? I'm I'm watching on TV, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to any post games. So I'm going to tell you what I observe from afar. Is I just think the kid is getting the confidence to believe he belongs and can play in this league, and thus they're giving him more playing time. Uh, it helps him that the line's got to double cover some other guys. You know, if you play next to Fletcher Cox, it kind of helps you a little bit. But yeah. give him all credit. I think he's I think he's for real. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because, I mean, that's something with us, with Penn State football, same thing. Physically, yeah. have not been able to been a, be around them. Uh, same thing with Penn State basketball. I mean, I, I'm do I'm I'm in the stadium doing the games. I'm in the arena doing the hey, games. Hey, you're one up on me, right? But I but but th- I still can't talk to them unless it's a Zoom call. Right. Uh, right. And it, and and what fans don't always realize, and and I'm certainly not criticizing fans, but what they don't always realize is. Where you get most of your good stuff is just kind of being around, you know, just no doubt talking to a guy when it's not a formal interview, but just you know, just those conversations are really where you where you gain the knowledge, and none of that's happening this year. We're all kind of we're all kind of operating in the dark. Uh, Arizona's next. Arizona had not won a game, Glenn, since they had the DeAndre Hopkins miracle catch against the Bills. Then they played the Giants. Now, I know Daniel Jones wasn't right. I got that. What are you interested to see in this game as a follow-up based on what you saw last week? Um, well, I'm interested to see if the Eagles defense is going to be able to handle that quarterback. That That is... Yeah. That's a scary proposition. And the Eagles have done very poorly this year against mobile and running quarterbacks. It's been something that's just killed them all year. Uh, the misdirection really hurts them. I mean, Daniel Jones ran for 80 yards against the, in one, in one carry, 80 yeah. yards against the Eagles earlier this year in that night game. I'm not sure if you saw that one. That was 
I, would I have had a touchdown, but he fell down like at the five-yard yeah. line untouched. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that really scares me. Um, and the Eagles, the injuries in the Eagles secondary scare me. But of course, what everybody's going to watch the game for is to see. Okay, Jalen Hurts did a one, and that's great. Is yeah. this guy? I don't even want to say if he's for real because I wouldn't judge that on two games. Right. But is he somebody who can repeat what he did last week? Um, his passing accuracy wasn't great. His passing stats weren't great. But he managed the game, and he held it together. And as I said, he read the defense. So I want to see if he can do that another time. We're well, here's hoping that you that things get back to normal and you can get the access you need. Because, Glenn, you're absolutely right. Some of the best stuff I get on perspective, I may not use it here, but it gives you perspective. Sometimes there are conversations on a practice sideline. I mean, that that I'll get. And, I mean, those are things that I think are invaluable that – allow us to give an insight that maybe other people wouldn't have a chance to. So I'm hoping that gets back to normal so you can do stuff like that. Yeah, it's that base of knowledge that you build up over time just by being around. Um, and again, listen, there are bigger problems that people have in the world. Yeah, no uh, doubt. And Right, and we're all, we're, we're all hoping we get back to normal for, for many, many important reasons. But, uh, yeah, it would, it would be nice to... Uh, to, to be watching the Eagles game, not from my TV at home. Exactly. Glenn, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time very much. And as always, you do great work. Dave, it's always a pleasure. Take care. All right. Uh, now, do you feel better? I do. I thought that was a very honest assessment from Glenn Mack now, as it normally is. I mean, now, if it were you, you'd have thrown in a couple of hate words, <laughs> especially when I brought up Doug. You know, uh, he's not and I'm wrong. About, and I'm talking about Peterson. I'm not talking about the legendary bird song. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. we got to decide for that. Um, he, he's definitely right in the fact that he ran out of options for Carson, which is a very major concern. Now, again, that's not all his fault, but it comes to a point where you need – if you want to keep – Carson long term, depending on what happens with Hertz the rest of the way. You gotta make that decision if you want him or you want Doug and Hertz. That's where it comes down to. And if you want Carson, then you gotta move on from Doug because clearly there it is right there. There's well, no, there's nothing now, else see, they can I, do to I, fix this. In, in all in all with all due respect, I will disagree with you on that. I will disagree with you on that. I think the biggest problem Carson Wentz has is the offensive line. And I think that's the biggest problem Doug Peterson has, is trying to call plays around that offensive line. And you can't help that Lane Johnson's been out. You can't help that that Jason Peters is so far past his prime and then gets hurt. You can't help that what's happened with the guard situation. I mean, it all started in the preseason with Dillard getting hurt. Remember? Exactly, and Brandon Brooks. Right, and Brandon Brooks was a huge loss. Uh, you can't help any of that. Now you have a quarterback that's being forced to make decisions much quicker than he wants to, which then creates happy feet and creates problems and creates off-balance throws. With Hurts, at least he can run around a little bit and he can buy you some time in the whole deal. Uh, so that way, Doug Peterson can't call the plays that he wants because he's out of ideas to, to give Carson Wentz more time. 
because he doesn't have an offensive line that fits his quarterback right now. That's his biggest problem. And the big and, and the problem happened because guys got hurt. Brooks was a huge injury, you know. I mean, no getting rid. Lane Johnson's a huge injury. Dillard was a huge injury. And then, you know, and Peters, you know, he was going to play guard, then he moved to tackle, and he just, it's not the Jason Peters of three years ago. It just isn't. So that's why I think that that Wentz with Peterson works, but you need to have guys up front that allow it to work. That That's just my opinion. I just disagree with you on that respectfully. And that brings the other part of it, too. I mean, I I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. (laughs) No, no. Uh, No, I I, I get that part of the offensive line. And this is the other thing that has to be addressed, too, is this whole medical situation for the Eagles. I mean, when you've got the amount of injuries they've had for the last couple years, including when they won the Super Bowl, uh, that's got to be looked at. That's Howie Roseman, who kind of messed this whole thing up, too, with the medical staff. Again, he fired everybody the week after the Super Bowl, and it's been even worse since then. So it also starts there, too. Yeah, I, I, that one I can't judge. Uh, I'd have to be around the team to judge how a medical staff handles situations. Um, and when I'm around, I can. Like, for example, at Penn State, I can judge how, you know, you can get a sense when a problem comes up and then a couple of guys have the same problem, you ask, okay, why are a couple of guys having the same problem? You know what I mean? When you're in a situation like that. I mean, stuff that the fans would never know about. I mean, with all due respect. Uh, that's I'm not being critical of the fans at all, but you're like, you're there, and you're saying, okay, why is why did he have that problem then he had that problem? How come it wasn't correct? You know what I mean? Oh, and totally, that, yeah. Right, you know, and it would be stuff that nobody would know about. Um, but... Uh, so that I think you can only make that judgment if um, if you're around it every day. And then maybe there's a saving grace when it comes to Doug with, with something happening behind the scenes that reporters aren't just getting access to. Yeah, that that'd be the only saving you know, grace for me. Yeah, and see, and see, Glenn brings up an interesting point. I'll bring up the point afterward about how everything's covered today because of how things have happened. You've lost the access, and you're getting in a lot of analysis. I don't care whether it's sports or news or whatever happens to be, with people from from their den or their living room because that's the way things have to be done right now. And I think the, the one that loses out is the fan because you're losing that liaison, at least that's around it all the time. I'll talk about that in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. You know, it's interesting. I've I, I told the story many times, and I'll give you the Cliff Notes version about George Lapidus, who uh, became the sports editor at the Memphis Statesman, Statesman in the 70s. So, the, one of the first assignments he had at the Memphis Statesman was to cover the Masters at Augusta National. And he sees the legendary writer Red Smith there from the New York Times. So he walks up to him and he says, Mr. Smith, he says, my name is George Lapidus, Memphis Statesman. This is my first Masters I'm covering. And the first time I'm really covering sports, he said, he said, what advice would you give me? And, and Red Smith looked at him and he said, be there. Be there. That's an element right now in, the, in 2020 that we're missing from our media. 
because the circumstances don't really allow them anymore to, at the moment, to be there. And the, the one that loses out on that is the fan. Because the fan is missing out on that being their perspective. Uh, Glenn talked about not you, know, you can't really be around the Eagles. But, for example, what makes Doug Birdsong so good is he's around the Bucknell teams all the time, so he has that deep background. You know, with all kidding aside, Kevin and all of our high school football guys are around their teams all the time, so they know more about them than anybody does. And that makes a big difference in what you, the fan, get because, quote, we're there. And I've been fortunate Penn State's allowed me that kind of access over the years to give me that kind of deep background. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Key, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Boy, oh boy, you can't ask for... uh, Better new inventory than that. Great pre-owned inventory. They carry the Sunbury Motors Guarantee. That's outstanding. Great service department. Fabulous sales staff. And it's a great time to buy. In fact, you know, during the snow tomorrow, go online to sunburymotors.com and check out the deals. Hey, you're going to have some time during the storm. Why not? You can do that. Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 to 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And, yes, online at sunburymotors.com. Yeah, that's the one thing I think the fans are missing out this year is that with everything being done by Zoom, you don't, you're missing out on the access that reporters get that can at least give the deep background that allows a perspective to take place. Uh, and I think that's, that's where the fan loses out on that. Because... Uh, it's not just in this, it's in everything. I mean, every time you turn around, I don't care what you're watching on TV, and so I'm going to give my perspective on the presidential race. And the guy's sitting in his basement, like, okay, what are your sources? Have you, been, have you talked to the candidates? Have you been around anybody? No, of course not. And, you know, we're, you know, we've lost out on that. We've lost out on that. That's why I was saying before about, you know, our people, you know, you, Kevin and Dave, they're around that team all the time. You know, Greg's around his team all the time. You know, Zach showers is around his team all the time. Doug is around Bucknell all the time. So even though you can't sit there and say everything you know as badly as people want you to, there's a, there, there is a price that comes with being around it all the time. It gives you the deep background and the perspective of what you're seeing and what you're not seeing. And it'll come out in some way, shape, or form, that deep background to form an opinion. And that's one of the tough things about this year from a professional standpoint. Because obviously people have gone through much tougher than that we're going through. I mean, there's no question about that. Way tougher. But just to give you an idea that as a fan, you lose out a little bit because of the way things have to be covered this year. So you lose out on a little bit. There's no, no, no question about that. Uh, but that's just the way things have to be done right now. So does little Luke, for example, have Elf on a shelf? You seem confused by the question. 
Sorry, you repeat that. I've got distracted here with the suit here in the studio. <laughs> Look, just tell him that the restroom is two doors down, okay? And that, that should be enough to handle the whole thing, any problem. Uh, no, I said, does uh, Little Luke have Elf on a shelf? Oh, that he doesn't. We haven't done that yet. Okay. Well, next year you will. Yeah. Next year next year will be kind of cool and a fun thing for him to do. All right. Tomorrow's National Letter of Intent Day. Uh, and so as the first signing day, quote, the early signing period, and Ryan Snyder is on top of it, as always, uh, although we'll have family in tow. Ryan, welcome. Great to have you with us. <laughs> We're in two. We're stuck in two. And that, that's, that's it. That's, there will not be you, third. you are not stuck. I, uh, I don't have a daycare right now. And, you know, this will be my first signing day with, all my children at home since daycare is on hiatus at the moment with mm-hmm. you know the rest of the world. So I'm a little little anxious for tomorrow. I'm hoping the snow uh, keeps my wife at home, and if not, I might force her to stay at home <laughs> because yeah. it's going to be a little hectic of a day. But you know that's okay. We'll we'll manage. We'll figure it out, and uh, I'm sure Nickelodeon will be on a lot tomorrow. People have seen the list. Any potential for a surprise? Yeah, it's the million-dollar question right now. Um, so this is how I'm looking at it. There's probably a dozen or so guys that they have, you know, hooks out with, we'll say. And I think there's a couple of them that have real interest. Now, one is Deshaun Morell, the running back out of Alabama. I, don't, I wouldn't really consider him a surprise right now just because he is pretty good with the media. You know, he's um, – you know, just just has been honest with us, and, and and we know where he stands. He's down to UCLA, he's down to Penn State, and he will sign on Friday, actually. So we'll have to wait a few more days for that. But Penn State's in a pretty good spot. Um, I've been saying 70-30 Penn State, and that may even be on the conservative side a little bit. So I feel pretty good about that. Um, from there, there are just a lot of guys who um, – I don't want to say are up in the air because I know they're interested, but they're just not open opening up to myself and other media members. And, and we get this all the time this sure. time of the year. Right. They're getting bugged so much by coaches that uh, the last thing they want to do is, you know, respond to those three or four text messages and, you know, that random call. Uh, I will say this. We know George Rooks, uh, defensive tackle out of New Jersey, St. Peter's Prep, uh, is still looking at Penn State pretty closely. Uh, Boston College is in the mix. Michigan's in the mix. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, his family's kind of kept it quiet. Um, but Penn State's just, you know, they, they've stayed in touch the whole time. They've done a really good job with his family. And, you know, here we are at the end. And, you know, they, they, they feel like the team that makes the most sense, um, especially, you know, with who knows what's going to happen with Harbaugh long term. And, mm-hmm. you know, Boston College is a good program, but, you know, it's, it's happily going to be there long term. I mean, as far as coaching stability that makes the most sense so he's a guy i think to watch you know whether he signs tomorrow i could see it maybe dragging on a bit longer but you know if 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 i'm being honest it's kind of a guess more than anything with rooks i think penn state's there but the guess on when he signs is still up in the air and then one other position i think to watch tomorrow is defensive back Uh, they've handed out quite a few um, or they've actually only handed out, I think, two offers at that spot. But they're in the mix with a lot of guys. Uh, Khalil Anderson is a defensive back who's currently committed to Pitt. There's some interest there. Uh, Marlon Sewell's a cornerback who's currently committed to Vanderbilt. They're showing some interest there. 
Um, you know, with Gus Malzahn leaving recently, there's two that's, guys. That's have, that's my next offered. question. That's my next yeah. question, actually. Yeah, it, well, there's two guys there. Um, Mari Harvey uh, is, is someone to keep an eye on. So, you know, what's really going to come down with the Auburn guys, I think, is that most of them are going to just kind of hold off and then wait till February. It's it's a smart thing to do. So, you know, maybe one will rush it. But I think those guys will probably hold off. Um, from, from what I get right now, I think Sewell somebody to watch. I think Rooks is somebody to watch. And then maybe uh, a surprise or two. Of course, Morrell I mentioned earlier, but that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Which then, I mean, my question about Auburn is this. I, I wish it's not that they that Auburn moved on from Gus Malzahn. Okay, that's their prerogative. Um, if they think they can find somebody better, that's their prerogative. But the timing of it to do it before signing day, that's what really stunned me was the was the timing of it. What did you think of that, and what did that do to their class? Well, it hasn't fallen apart totally yet, <laughs> but we'll see. Um, yeah, the timing is never good. And, and look, I mean, the timing with everything this year is, isn't good, you know? I mean, Franklin has to put a game plan tomorrow and do a national signing day presentation, you know, with, with all those recruits. So nothing really worked out that well right, I understand uh, from that. that perspective. But but we'll see. Um, you know, I haven't, I haven't followed all their guys as closely as, you know, obviously with everything going on with Penn State, that's my focus. But I, I know, I know, D- D- excuse me, is it Dante Balfour? He's, he's a cornerback out of, I believe, Florida. Um, he's probably going to wait till February. That's the other guy Penn State's kind of looking at. And then I mentioned Harvey earlier. So, I mean, as far as, you know, who I know Penn State's focusing on, those are the two guys. Uh, I mean, Auburn's going to lose some guys, but, you know, I will also say if they were to get, um, I'm sorry, who's the, who's the Oregon coach? I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, Mario um, Cristobal. Cristobal. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he would make sense, I think. Um, you know, there, there's at least some people pulling his direction. There's talk about, I think, Kevin Steele, people, you know, pulling his direction too. And, of course, if they if they kept Steele, uh, they would keep the class together pretty well. But who knows, man. I, I, I think we're going to have another surprise or two probably with coaches down the road, and, you know, that'll, that'll mix things up too. Who knows what's right. going to happen with Hardball still too. So right. it'll be interesting. And where did Mario Cristobal coach his first ever game as a head coach? Here. Tell me. Here, Florida oh, okay. FIU. Oh, that's right. Two thousand seven. Right. This was his first game right. as, as a head coach. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, what did having players in a Penn State camp mean to putting together this kind of recruiting class? Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's the topic I'm trying to push on everyone, uh, which is that you know I'm going to just throw random schools out here, right? This is I don't have back, but you know Tennessee. We'll say, right? They're taking, they're taking, if you look at their class, you know, there's some talented guys there. But I'm confident in saying that they do not have a firm feel for how fast player X is and the true size of player B and so on and so forth. And that is one thing that we confidently know Penn State has. Uh, I, we're up to 15 commits now, and I believe it's at 11, I want to say. Mm-hmm. camps with the staff and of course you know they've added size since then you know that, that they don't have all that information on but the the majority of the class the guys that committed in in march and april may they've all been here multiple times and they've all camped with the staff so yes that was a year ago and things have changed but you know just having a, a firm idea for uh we'll say christian Veyu, for example you know he came here and ran a, a 4640 as a as a junior 
or excuse me, a sophomore going into junior year. So, you know, just knowing someone like that, you know, at that age was able to put those kind of numbers up is encouraging. You know, guys usually only get stronger, you know, faster, better, all that, you know, as, as they turn seniors and, and beyond. So just having, just having that confirmed information, seeing those guys up front, you know, it, it, it gives them faith that they are taking uh, a safe class. And again, you know, it may not rank as high in some of these rankings and whatnot, but, you know, at the end of the day with recruiting, what you're trying to do is minimize the misses. You know, every, every class is going to have a couple guys who don't pan out. Sure. If you minimize that, it really can be the difference between 9-3 and three and a Big Ten championship. It also gives them an opportunity face-to-face to at least get a read on personality, mm-hmm. which I think is also in the end, you know, very important because, you know, you already know talent-wise you're looking at a high-level guy, but what's the personality? What's the fit? And that's And that's why we're not going to see – guys going elsewhere after a season that wasn't perfect and 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 you know a lot of schools right now are seeing players flirt with other programs you know maybe they won't sign with the school they're committed to tomorrow i don't expect any of that for penn state and and it really does come back to the lash bash a year ago and you know the bonding that was done Mm -hmm. then you know the junior day on january 18th or february 1st there before things got shut down uh, and, and of course, you know, obviously relationships have only grown in different ways since then. But, but just, you know, having that firm feel for the coaching staff and even a couple of the guys that came in early, you know, Stubblefield and some other guys before, uh, I think, Troutwan no, was January. But, um, you know, just, just having a feel for even some of the new coaches a little bit helps. I will say that, you know, when we ever do get back to normal recruiting, it will be, I think, a major plus for the current assistants to finally get their faces out in, in front of the 2022 right. guys in 2023. Because I do think that hurt them to some degree, you know, when you, when you make all those coaching changes and then expect uh, these players to just build these great relationships with coaches they can't meet in person, you know, it, it doesn't really work out that way. And that's why we saw Penn State finish second, third with quite a few guys that I think in, in normal years they would have landed. So, and that'll be good down the road, but you know, for the most part, this class is all going to sign tomorrow, and that goes back to you know all those big time recruiting events when things were normal. What is it's always a tricky balance with this, but what is the positional balance of this recruiting class as to how it fits with the last like say two or three classes? Yeah, it's it's fine. Um, I, I think defensive end is the spot that they have circled right now, and and. You know, even if you were to get another defensive end in this class, uh, maybe even looking for a, a transfer prospect is, is something to keep an eye on, too. Just because if the way were to leave, uh, you know, obviously Shotgun, Shane Simmons, you, you, there's, there is a little bit of a depth problem. I'm sure they, they can maybe move somebody around, too, to help with that. But defensive end is the one spot that I think they'd like to address more. Um, but, you know, they're interested in, in defensive backs, too. Uh, of course, we saw Trent Gordon transfer out. So I think that's a, a big reason why they're they're looking at another defensive back. But um, you know, every other position pretty much shakes out pretty well. You know, as long as Noah Kane comes back, I think they'll they'll feel okay with running back. And don't get me wrong, I think Noah Kane and, and Journey situation is why we're even seeing a running back being added in this class. If you would ask me that, you know, five six months ago, I, I didn't expect that to happen. So. Yeah, everything else pretty much checks out. Wide receivers fine. They'll, they'll sign three more guys there. Um, you know, we can go on down the line. I think maybe they'd like to add a, a, an offensive lineman too. Mm-hmm. But they, I think actually, really with O line, maybe they'd prefer a, 
a, a versatile transfer. Uh, but you know yeah. <laughs> whether that whether that falls into their lap is not is uh, always hard to tell. In college basketball, there is more of a run on the transfer market because a lot of programs feel that's the best way to stay older. Mm-hmm. Could that end up being a trend in the next five years based on what you're hearing and talking to with people about college football? Yeah, well, James just talked about it today a little bit um, and how he thinks it's going to change a lot of different things. Um, you know, I'll say this. I think, I think it will across the board. But one thing Penn State's always done a pretty good job with is, you know, getting those high-character guys that come here for not just football. Uh, will Penn State have guys transfer out? Yes, of course. Um, but over, you know, it's not like transfers have never been a thing. Will and people people, will, will people panic? Yes. All right. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go of ahead. Course. But, you know, it, if you just look back over the years, uh, you know, Penn State's always done a good job with, with transfers. You know, they haven't lost as many guys as most schools. That's right. And they haven't been required to bring in as many other guys as most schools. Right. And, yes, uh, this across the board will speed things up and, and make changes happen. But I still – you know, just, just knowing Franklin and how he builds his program and, uh, you know, the kind of guys he tries to bring in, I still would I would still would expect at least Penn State to be on the, the lower end of that. Um, but, you know, are we going to start seeing, you know, one or two a year where it used to be kind of one or two every couple years? I think that's, you know, definitely possible, I guess we'll say. All right, Ryan. Uh, I always appreciate it very much. Uh, I think you'll negotiate tomorrow as uh, both reporter, uh, informant, and nanny perfectly. You'll be fine. <laughs> it's everyone always is like, "Oh, this is your Christmas." I'm like, "Dude, this is the busiest day of the year for me." I don't know about you guys, but like, Christmas is fun. This is this isn't really fun, but we'll, <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll be all right. You always do, Ryan. Thanks, th- guys. Yeah, I know. I've got to be in there tomorrow morning at six forty-five. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be a long day tomorrow. Uh, but for all of you, it's going to be a long day with the storm tomorrow. We're going to talk about that and more. I mean, Matt, I guess, is just sleeping over or something like that. I mean, it's, it's kind of sad. If we need to, we'll have to do it. We'll see. Hopefully not, though. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right. Uh, Winter storm warning is in effect for central and eastern Pennsylvania. And, I don't know, it sounds like maybe about 1 o'clock tomorrow. Starts to kick into gear a little bit. Yeah, early afternoon, like 1, 2, maybe even 3. Somewhere in that range. 
So we'll keep you up to date on everything that's going on with this. Um, I know that we get all sorts of percentages here as to what's going on with the storm, but it looks like it's going to be in the neighborhood of 10 to 15 inches. Does that sound right? That was the initial reports, but now our AccuWeather is telling us maybe 1 to 2 feet in some spots. Officially 11 to 17, but could be more. Well, I mean, here's what I have for... Now, this is where I am, obviously. I always love this. This is the National Weather Service. What? Heavy snow expected. Total snow accumulations 12 to 18 inches with locally higher amounts possible. Where? Here. Central <laughs> Central Mountains, Middle Susquehanna Valley, and Western Poconos. Okay, fit right in. When? Noon Wednesday to 10 a.m. Thursday. Impacts. What do you think? <laughs> Travel could be very difficult to impossible. Well, yeah. Hazardous conditions could impact the morning or evening commute. Your morning commute should be okay. But look, if you can work from home tomorrow, work from home tomorrow. Let's do that. Additional details. Get into the fetal position. What does that mean? Oh, no, additional details. <laughs> Bands of heavy snow with accumulation rates of 2 to 3 inches per hour are likely Wednesday evening and Wednesday night. Wow. Here we last go. Year, last year in State College for the year, we had 13.2 inches of snow for the year. They're talking about getting that now in one shot. Now, it doesn't affect the game at all on Saturday for this very reason. Of course, it's a Wednesday into Thursday, but you don't have to clear the stadium out. You just have to worry about the field. That game in 1995, where they bring people in to shovel the stadium out when they got 18 inches. Don't have to do that. There aren't any fans in the seats. Today's show has been brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, key was 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Join Matt and me tomorrow. We'll give you all the storm details from 3 to 5.